What's up, family? Welcome to Speak. So glad to have you. If it's your first time watching, good to see you. Good to be seen. I'm Emmanuel Lacho. That's the one and only Dave Hellman, NFL insider. Wait, what are we covering Dave up for? I mean, you need some backup. Everything he said yesterday. <laughs> oh, you're right. He's back. That's Troy Taylor, and this is I'm back. Eagles all-time back. rushing leader, LaShawn McCoy. I, miss, I had to stand up for you, big dog. Did you miss me? Talk oh, did, I missed you. I, I, I missed wait, being wait. able to talk Eagles with I, you. I didn't even ask you. Did you miss me? <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me tell you what y'all may have missed. The Eagles caught their first loss of the season on Sunday. It was wild. Excuse me. It wasn't Sunday. It was Monday with the whole world watching. Now, many people tried to tell me it was a good loss. I listened, but then I thought again last night and I said, you know what? That wasn't a good loss. Ain't no good losses for mature teams. That's just a myth. And the Eagles were a mature team. Think about it. Jalen Hurts on November 3rd. What did he say that we all paid attention to? On November 3rd, Jalen Hurts said this. He said, yo, I've been 8-0 before, and I've lost the national championship. So we just have to take it day by day. We haven't accomplished anything yet. It's day by day. So the Eagles were mature. They didn't need a loss to set them straight. You know when you need a loss? In college, when players are immature, like the 2008 Florida Gators, when Tim Tebow, after they lost to Ole Miss, even though they were 28-point favorites, said, I promise a lot of good will come out of this. He said, you have never seen a player in the country play as hard as I will play and the rest of the season. And you'll never see someone push the team as hard as I'll push the team the rest of the season. That's when you need a loss. When you got some immature kids, keep in mind, Florida went on to win every game by an average of 33 points the rest of that season and win a national championship. So as I was thinking about it, Shady, this wasn't a good loss for the Eagles, big dogs. Saying this was a good loss is just kind of putting a mattress for me to lie down on as an Eagles fan. There was not a good loss, but I've been waiting to hear your thoughts desperately. Do you believe this loss for the Eagles was a good one? Yeah, it was a good loss, right? Two two main reasons why. First of all, we'll never have four turnovers, what, uh, interceptions, fumbles, missed calls. It was a bad game. I mean, and as I watched the game, I'm thinking, like, man, is it that we're so good? Or is Washington that bad? We really gave them the game. And every chance we had a, ch- a chance to win the game. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like, and then one thing is, you look at, like, the undefeated schedule, right? Or undefeated record. Oh, my God, are we going undefeated? Now it's over with. Now we just focus on playing ball. Because sometimes you want to be perfect. We can't mess up. You're 8-0, 9-0, 10-0. You're trying to keep up with that track of being undefeated. Now we can just play football now. So what were they playing before, Big Dog? If they weren't we, playing football, we were, if they can play football now. No, they play basketball. What I'm saying, it's like it's like you're, you're, you're pressing. This down for you're trying to be perfect, right? It's like we can't lose. Why can't we lose? Because we're undefeated. We played plenty of games of where course. we where we lost. I might be mad at the game that we lost, but it's not a big thing. We got 16, 17 more games to go, right? So you flush that loss out the window. But when you're undefeated, it's like oh, we can't lose. We gotta keep the streak alive. So. It's really what it's been done twice. Mm-hmm. So to know that you're trying to accomplish that, and I think when things like that happen, like you're pressing, you want to make every catch, you want to make every run, every pass, every um, um, interception. Like you're trying to do everything perfect. But now that that's over, we can just play football. AJ, real quick, AJ Brown talked about that in, in, in an interview. He said, "Man, like now I'm happy it's over with, because everything that you hear about from the media, from Instagram, from Twitter, from your teammates, from family members, you're undefeated. You're undefeated. Every talk show, we're undefeated." Now that's over, we can just play ball. Do you think that being 8-0 was <clears throat> affecting how Miles Sanders was running? I need, I need my tea. Need you my think tea. being 8-0 <laughs> was affecting how Jalen Hurts was passing? You think being 8-0 was affecting how A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith were running routes? Because that's where I disagree. 
No, I don't think being 8-0 was actually, like, changing how the Eagles were playing the game. I think more like, so, for example, like, all right, when we got down, right? Not down just in, the, in the game in general, but, like, late in the game. All right, we got, we got to have it. Where before, let's be cool. Let's be calm. Let's go ahead and just win this game, fellas. Where now it's like it's not trying to win a game. You're trying to win a game, but also you're thinking about that record. I've never been undefeated before. <laughs> Think about that for a second. You play balls, not even NFL, just college, college high school. I was undefeated until the national championship game. And That's lost. why I feel like and, and, lost. And, lost. and lost. So you wasn't undefeated. And, yeah. Yeah. No, no, hell, yeah. You wasn't undefeated. I was like Jalen Hurts. No, 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 no. Let me say it again. You were never undefeated. I was undefeated I wasn't. for 13 games. I was undefeated for a regular okay, season. So, but, you, but you felt that. You no. tried to be perfect. I, I, that's where I disagree, but I'm Bang. glad to have you back. That's why I keep talking to you, big dog. Let's talk to the left. <coughs> You know I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk to the left side of the table. Joy, you mentioned it a little bit. Elaborate on it. Good loss for the Eagles. Uh, well, you were undefeated, right? You were undefeated. I've never was undefeated. Never been undefeated. No. Well, you don't have something in common with Jeff Saturday, Shady. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. Petty today. Petty every day. I come back. It's what I'm going through. Petty okay. every day. Um, <laughs> I think it was a good loss for the Eagles, and I disagree with you. I think there is a major psychological element to sports, and it's not limited to just college. If anything, it's more in in the NFL because there's more pressure. You're playing for contracts. You're paying to pay your mortgages and for your kids and for your future. There's all kinds of pressure in the NFL. And when there's added pressure from the media and from fans and from your family members, you play tighter. There, there are psychological elements to sports. That's why I felt this was a good loss. Now, you prefer to have this loss not in your division, sure. but it is what it is. I also think that you can learn more from failures once you've had sustained success for a while. You're going into the film room. All right, we're doing this, but we could do this better. But you're like, okay, but well, we're doing this and it's working. We're doing this and it's winning. Well, then you do it and you don't win. You're like, okay, maybe I will tighten this up. Maybe I will pay a little more attention when I run this route. It's the small little things. It's a game of inches. It's like, you know, it's very cliche, but that's how it goes. Yeah. So I, I think it's a, a, a big stress relief for the Eagles. I think they'll bounce back. And I don't feel like this team was ever a front runner to begin with because of the way that Jalen Hurts talked about mm-hmm. the, the winning streak to begin with. It was always the next game. It wasn't about the future and an unprecedented run and, and all these extras that the media and all of us were, and fans were putting on them. So I do think it was a good loss. If you can have, if there is such a thing as a good loss, I do feel like this was a good loss, especially because it was a sloppy game. Turnovers, weird penalties, drop balls after you make a big play. It was just, every time they felt like they were getting there, Something happened, and I don't anticipate that type of game again. I guess, Dave, where I'm coming from is this. A good loss, in my mind, if there is such a thing, because let's be honest, right? No coach is like, yeah, that was a good loss. But if we're going to use that cliche, a good loss is a loss you can learn from. But as Joy's alluded to, as Shady's alluded to off-camera, as I believe, I think you believe, there's not a lot the Eagles can learn from that meets the eye from that last game that they couldn't learn from and wins. Like, what are you going to learn? Hey, Dallas Goddard, don't get face masked. Hey, A.J. Brown, (laughs) if the ball hits both of your hands, catch it. Hey, Quez Watkins, if you're trying really hard, try really hard and maybe protect the football. Hey, Brandon Graham, next time you see a quarterback slide at the end of the game with the game on the line, hey, don't hit him. Like, there's just not a ton that you're like, oh, yeah, that's an incredibly teachable moment, but Dave, teach me something. Was the loss good for the Eagles? Well, there's two sides to me. And after 11 weeks of catching Dallas barbs from Shady over there on the other side of the desk, I'm tempted to just be like, any Eagles loss is a good loss, baby. Every Eagles loss is a good loss. Don't be negative now. (laughs) 
I'm kidding to a degree. Here, here's the thing. It's, you're right. It, it was a fluky game. And that's what I said yesterday. I took some shots at you, Shady. Right. But I was nice. I was nice about what that loss meant, which to me is a whole lot of nothing, really. And it's, it's cool that you brought up Tim Tebow. Don't overlook the part where those Florida teams were as loaded as a college football team can possibly be loaded. Mm -hmm. When you've got Percy Harvin and the Pouncey Brothers and Brandon Spikes and 10 other guys that I'm not remembering right now, (laughs) it's a little different, okay? For me, it's, it's like a pressure valve. It really, like, it's not so much that you learn from this loss, but you can just take the pressure down a little bit on this team. When you were giving your monologue, you know what I was thinking about? The Chiefs, the team that we all regard as one of the best teams in the league. When did they get their first loss? Week two. Week three. Yeah. Indianapolis. And we all just kind of were like, that was weird. That's probably not the Chiefs. It was just a weird day. <laughs> and we moved on. And yeah. like 24 hours later, we weren't even really thinking about it. Whereas with the Eagles, this is a two or three day storyline where it's like, oh, my God, they finally they're, they're not unbeaten anymore. They can't catch the, 90, the 72 Dolphins. Imagine if it got to 12 and 0. Or 13 and 0. I'm with you. And I, as you know, I covered the Cowboys for a long time, but I also grew up around the Saints. They started 13 and 0 the year they won the Super Bowl, and it was insane. Like the the magnifying glass that gets on you when you start to put that many wins together, it takes on a life of its yep. own. Yeah. So it's not that the Eagles need to learn from this. It just it just decreases the pressure just a little bit. Like Shady said, they can just focus on football and not any type of nonsense outside of that. It would never happen again like that. So first of all, we the whole season we had three turnovers. Three. Right? And then, and then Monday night we had, what, four? It'll never happen again. I mean, like the, the end of the game, uh, Brandon Graham, who's a veteran, who's a very, very intelligent player, he, he, he has a, bone, uh, a big mess up, right? Bonehead play, I would say. And he's trying to stop, but he's 265 pounds. And if you know BG, oh, he, got, he got big feet. He can't stop. He can't stop. Okay. And then Quez Watkins, right? He beats the dude deep. They talked about how my guy can't throw the ball. He throws the ball deep in the game to win it. Mm-hmm. Catches a bomb. Boom. Saturday's covering the ball with two hands, which most people probably would do. But, hey, he's trying to make a play. Fumbles that. Then the gogger. He gets the, the, the face mask, and then he fumbles. Like, that would never happen like that ever, ever again. And then the thing is that for us to still have a chance to win the game, that shows what type of team we are. Joy, I'm thinking about it like this. Retroactively <clears throat> is truly when you'll find out if it was a good loss. I would have said if anything was a good loss, mm-hmm. the Bills lost to the Jets. I would have called it a good loss. Right, Josh Allen, you, you can't feel yourself, big dog. First play of the game, 42-yard bomb, Stephon Diggs. Ooh. Third play of the game, interception. I would have been like, oh, good loss. You, you only lost one game all season. It was to the Dolphins. That didn't necessarily teach you that much. You lose to the Jets, a team you hadn't trailed by in three quarters. That'll wake you up. But then the very next week, they lost again. I don't know that we'll know if this is a good loss until retroactively because a loss is only a good loss in my mind dependent upon how the team responds. If you don't respond, then it was just a loss, not in fact a good one. Where do you stand on that? Well, I would disagree about the Bills one because now they've lost in division twice. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I could the – the, the, the Dolphins one I could give you because at least they were competitive until the end – but you lose twice in division, you've got, you've got some concerns now. Like, the Bills are in a more concerned space because of that. But I understand what you're saying as far as how the game yep. went. Um, I expect them to bounce back this week. I feel like this is going to be received as a very hot take on the Internet. But they've got a team that's uh, got a new emerging star at head coach this week. Had some struggles throughout the year, but they're back on the wagon. So this week, I feel like, is a good bounce-back week. For the Eagles. Now, it's the NFL. Anything can happen. Like I said, everyone's riding high in Indy right now, so maybe they'll continue on that wave. Who's to know? We'll find out this weekend. But 
you want to restructure what you're doing, get focused again, gear up for next week, put this loss behind you, forget about worrying about going undefeated, and focus on what's in front of you. To Shady's point, all the pressure of that is gone now. You don't have to worry about having some unprecedented year. Just win the next game and continue doing what you do best, which is be the best team in the NFC. Dave, let me come to you real quick before you take us home on this question. What's interesting about the National Football League is you get rid of pressure for one degree, but then you find pressure in a whole other degree, right? Like there's a pressure of making a team. Then there's a pressure of being a starter. Then there's a pressure of making a Pro Bowl. Then there's a pressure of being an All-Pro. There's pressure every single week. So while you get rid of pressure yesterday, you find new pressure tomorrow. Joy made the point the Eagles do have the Colts. To me, that is pressure because you sure as heck can't lose to Jeff Saturday and the sorry Colts. Do you think there's pressure on the Eagles now that they just evaporated and being undefeated? Or are you just kind of like, nah, no big deal? No, that's, I mean, yeah, and you mentioned it with the Bills. Like, a good loss becomes a losing streak really quickly if you're not careful, right? So, yes, there is pressure. There's pressure on every team to win every game. And that's – I don't worry about it so much. Not to say that I don't think the Eagles can lose to the Colts, but they are one of the two or three most complete rosters in the NFL. There's a lot of guys that have played a lot of football on that team between Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson – Fletcher Cox. See, they made, yeah, Fletcher, they made Fletcher Cox play 70 snaps the other night. <laughs> maybe, don't, maybe bring that number down a little bit. But there are so many vets on that team, and you say, we've won eight games in a row. There's no reason to press the panic button. That's when you rely on the experience like that. Well, from the top of the NFC to the top of the AFC, we got to talk about the Bills because they had another loss, and this one was not at all good. Josh Allen, two interceptions, including one to lose a game. Now, the Bills were by far and away many people's Super Bowl favorites. Where do we lie now? How concerned are we about Josh Allen? That's next. Steve. The Bills lost a tough one. It was one of the games of the year last weekend to the Vikings. Vikings, 8-1. Josh Allen, he struggled. Three turnovers. He said, quote, we don't have to make this a bigger deal than what it is, close quote. But he has now thrown two picks in each of his last three games. He leads the National Football League in interceptions, but the Bills still have the best odds to win the Super Bowl, according to Fox Bet Sportsbook and according to Emmanuel Acho. Um, <laughs> let's be real, Dave Hellman. Josh Allen's struggles are starting to concern me in a major way. I got the Bills winning the Super Bowl. I got the Bills win- Josh Allen winning MVP. I still believe one of those picks is correct. Clearly, the former one. But Josh Allen showed me in 2019, though he's incredibly talented, every now and then he'll have a mental lapse. He'll just, like, forget what he's doing. If y'all need context, take a look at the playoff game, 2019. It's 19-16. to 16. Houston, Texas are oh, winning. Texas Josh game. Allen oh, is driving yeah. down the field. And all of a sudden, Josh Allen just literally lost his mind. Like, he, he literally, I don't know what, maybe he thought he was Vince Young, go five national championship game, just throws the ball over. So I've never seen anything like that in the National yeah, Football League. Yeah. I was like, you know what? He's young. He's young. Those days are behind him. Then I watched him against the Jets 10 days ago, maybe 14 days ago now. Watch him against the Jets, and he just simply throws the ball to the other team. I'm like, wait, 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 wait a second now, Josh. I watched you against the Bills several years ago, uh, against the Texans, now against the Jets. I'm concerned, Dave Hellman. At this point, it's not a game. It's not fun. It's not cute. I'm concerned. Where do you stand? How concerned are you on Josh Allen? I'm not even slightly concerned. This is, this is Josh Allen. You don't, you don't have to go back to 2019. You can go back to last season when the overtime rules are the only reason why the Bills aren't the – Super Bowl champs. Like, so many people believe that. Oh, if you give Josh the ball in overtime, the Bills beat the Bengals, Bills beat the Rams, 
they're the Super Bowl champs. So if you loved him then, you should feel just fine with what he is right now. I'm, I'm not making this up. Over a three-game stretch, right around this time last year, he threw five picks in three games. They went one and two. It woke a lot of people up. They lost to the Jags without scoring a touchdown. They lost to the Colts, and we did this whole song and dance That's then. Yeah. We were like, oh, my God, the Bills. What's wrong with the Bills? And they went 11-6 and six and played one of the greatest playoff games ever, and we all feel really great about it. Now, I'm not saying that it's okay because the standard we hold Josh Allen to is MVP caliber. I think, Joy, I think I might be stealing your talking point a little bit, but he's probably cost himself the MVP with this stretch of play. It's going to have to be a pretty impressive turnaround. Yeah, I, think. I mean, he's really going to have to pick up his play to win MVP, and if that matters to him, then he's got to fix this stuff. But as far as me thinking the Bills are a great team that could potentially win the Super Bowl, absolutely not. Like, I think when you're 6'5", 240, you can run <laughs> like that, and you have an arm like that, you have a penchant to maybe fall into the trap of thinking you can do anything. So if Josh Allen needs a two- or three-week reminder every year that he can't do anything, that's fine with me. I still think he's going to be just fine. I, uh, it's a little concerning. A little bit. It's a, a little, little bit. Concerning. You mentioned it last year. They corrected it. The fact that it's a pattern happening every year, because we know it happened when he was Young, younger, younger before yeah. he arrived, and it's still happening, and it's happening again this year. And uh, three games is a pretty significant sample size. Yeah. It's not like this is just a fluke that happened once and it happens, you know, Patrick Mahomes gets a little wild sometimes and then they correct it. It's just that it's happening week after week after week. Let's just take a look at the numbers through the first six games compared to the last three games. Five and one through the first six, one and two through the last three. 66 completion percentage drops down to 58. 330 yards per game, it's dropped down to 251. Passing touchdowns, obviously you can't compare the numbers, but he's had three passing touchdowns and six interceptions in the last three games, and his rating has dropped to 67 from 109. It's a significant drop-off from the last three games to the first six games of the season. Now, again, I think they can correct this, but this isn't going to work against great teams, and it's not going to work in the playoffs if you don't. You know you can't turn the ball over. This year, I think the margin for error, the, the error, the gap between good and great is so small. There's so much parity in the NFL right now that if you're giving away games, particularly because you're making bad decisions, good teams are going to make you pay for that. That's what we've seen over the past few weeks. So it's not that I think Josh is walking off a cliff or he's going to all of a sudden revert back to his rookie year. But you can't just ignore what Josh Allen is doing. We know what, we know what his ceilings are, right? We know how great he can mm -hmm. be. Can you stay consistent and can you raise your floor? Where you stand? You play with Josh Allen. You were there when he was drafted. Are you concerned? You've seen this for a while now. Nah, I'm not concerned. Josh, he, sometimes he's trying to make the extra play, as you can see from the interceptions. But I have a lot of confidence in Josh Allen. He'll fix it. I, I, I know that feeling. I've been and, and I, in my playing days where you feel like I could do anything, right? I, I got it going on. And there, as you know, my ball security wasn't the best. Mm -hmm. Now, saying it wasn't the best, I didn't fumble, but it was everywhere. One hand out here, you know. And I remember, like, uh, one year, I, I was, like, fumbling the ball. Like, dang, I keep fumbling. And I'm, I'm in my, now I'm, like, I'm, I'm watching tape. Now I'm in my head. Is it me? Am I trying to do too much? And I said, you know what? Nah, I'm going to play the same way. I said, go back to the basics. When I'm in traffic, cover it up. And sure enough, that year, I won the Russian, champ, the Russian title. So I say that to say, Josh Allen, just be yourself, right? Just be more cautious, obviously. Red zone, you know, because they, they have their own rules. Sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, like little small things. You know, throw the ball um, low so only the wide you can get it or say incompletion. Small things. Go back to the basics. I think if he does that, he'll be fine. He'll be the Josh Allen that we all talk about. But you say, Josh Allen, just be yourself. Aren't you afraid that this is who Josh Allen is? What I mean by that, Dave said it. Five interceptions in three <clears> games <throat> last year. 
Six interceptions through three games this year. 2019, if we want to go back three years ago now, you saw what happened in the playoffs. If Josh Allen is just going to be himself, is Josh Allen being himself going to cost the Bills sooner than later? No, but, like, like being himself is the stuff we see. Breaking tackles, you know, it's this third and ten. There's nothing there. He's getting it. Uh, we need a dime pass. He's giving you that. Now, some things that Josh does is the extra stuff. Like, we've seen the Texas game in 2019 where he, he has the first down by at least six, seven yards, and then what's he do? He throws it back to his teammate to try to get extra yards. So things like that, I just feel like you can stop with that, Josh, right? You can be great and, and leave out an extra couple yards. So let's go back to the basics. Joy, we talk about often in basketball that, like, you can't take away what costs a player if what's costing a player makes them great. Draymond Green. You can't tell Draymond Green to stop being uh, feisty or a hothead because him being feisty and a hothead is what makes Draymond Green great. Think about Josh Allen. Josh Allen, to some degree, being physically volatile is what makes him great. He can throw the ball 69 yards down the field, but in the same breath, he might throw the ball directly to the other team. (laughs) Is it something with Josh Allen where you'd rather lose a little bit of both? Or is it something where it's like, look, it is what it is. It's going to win him some, a Super Bowl. It's going to win him some games. It's going to cost him some games. You just got to take it. I mean, I think you are who you are, and your game is what your game is. It's, we s- talked about this all the time. Really, what you are in the NFL is an elevated version of what you are in college. You're just going to refine it. You're just going to get better and quicker and make better decisions. You're going to understand defenses more. You're going you're to grow, yeah. but you're not going to be a completely different player. Like, if you're a pocket passer, you don't run that much, that's what you're going to do in the NFL. You're not going to all of a sudden become this insane athlete that starts running up the field. Right. You are what you are. I think when Josh is best is when he's not pressing, when he's not trying to do too much. But you got to live with that sometimes. The, the, the reality is he has to be in a space where he's not encouraged to do that extra thing. You think you do. That's what I talk about with him running all the time because it's fun, right? He's a big guy. He runs over linebackers. It's very exciting. That's great, but you don't actually want your quarterback doing that. We just, we're just cool with it because Josh is so big. That's not how you want your quarterback really playing. Every once in a while in a big moment in a big game, sure, knock somebody over, run through somebody's face, but not every single game. And I think that's what Shady is saying. It's like once you start to feel outside of yourself, like you're just – you're in video game mode, like, I can do everything, the power is mine. Like, just take a deep breath, relax, you're not seeing the field the right way. It's precision and decisions that are going to make the Bills champions this year, and he has to remember that because he, they go as he goes. Dave, you're not worried about Josh Allen, but it takes three, maybe four, essentially great, if not perfect, games to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He's got to put three, maybe four of those together. Are you confident that Josh Allen can do that without having one of these lapses that we literally see every season? I mean, he, he was doing it for the first, what, six, seven games of the season? Even when they lost to Miami, he didn't play a bad game. I mean, they make a field goal, they probably win that game. They do win that game. So, no, I mean, I've, I've seen him do this at times in the regular season. I've seen them stretch together periods of good play in the postseason twice. So, no, I, like, that's, that's my thing. Like, again, it's, it's not ideal if you can't get through a season without a slump like this, but he's shown time and again he can play well before it and play well after it. Well, speaking of somebody slumping, Dak Prescott, he threw a couple picks in his own right. This might be a slump or it might be the norm. <laughs> Either way, we're going to address it. Can Dak Prescott win the Cowboys the Super Bowl? Jerry Jones thinks he can. You are going to want to stick around for this one. One of my favorite topics of the day. That's next. See Okay, y'all, we got to check in on our social life because I don't know if this is shade or not. I need y'all to help me decipher. John Harbaugh, head coach of the Ravens, I guess they played the Panthers this week. He says, 
We know what Baker Mayfield is capable of doing, close quote. I don't know if that's shade or a compliment. Uh, it, it would be brilliant. I mean, library level <coughs> shade if that's what Harbaugh was doing. I don't think he's <laughs> I think he really means this. I, th I think he's giving it is. It's just vague enough, though, right. that you might be like, "Is he? Is he coming for me?" When the, when the producers told us we were doing this, I was like, "I need to see a video of this quote so I can tell." Like, like you know, you need the you need the context. Harbaugh, Harbaugh would know. I don't think Harbaugh would do that. But kind. but can't you imagine? Like you're like, we know what Baker Mayfield's capable of doing, or you could be like. We know what Baker Mayfield's <laughs> capable of doing. Like, who knows? No, I'm, I'm sure he was being nice. He used to be in his division, so he, un he understands. Okay, Shady, here you go again with this whole cup. <laughs> you know, is this uh, peppermint? Is it green herbal? Like, that what? That is. Cool. For, it's good for the voice. I'm under the weather. It's good for the voice, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I mean, technically, we're all under the weather, but like, what are you drinking? Hey, wait, back to the real topic. Listen, Harbaugh's an OG, though. He ain't, he ain't trying to be messy. Yeah, no, he's not. Yeah, he, he's old, he old school. Harbaugh, I wish I you were. I would allow it, though. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, y'all. I'm not going to lie. I'm about to be messy with this segment coming up because it's Dak Prescott. You like time. to be messy. He every, now be then, messy. every now and then, I do get paid to. All right, look, now <laughs> Dak Prescott's critics called him out after he threw two picks against the Cowboys in the loss to the Packers. Yes, to LaShawn McCoy. It was wild. Jerry Jones, however, came to the quarterback's defense saying, quote, it's not correct. Dak is not living up to his contract. Jones added, quote, that his leadership is vital to the Cowboys' chances of winning. To clarify, because Jerry Jones' quotes are extremely hard to read, Jerry Jones is simply saying <laughs> Dak Prescott has lived up to the contract and it is not to correct to think otherwise. Um, Dave, I got some thoughts to get off. I figured you'd bring them to um, me if we're talking about Dak, so let's go. We know who Dak Prescott is, and Dak Prescott is not good enough, period. Uh -uh. No, he's not. It's as simple as that. Now, this going to sound harsh, but let me just make it sound true. Unopinionated. Let me sound, make it sound objective. Dak Prescott's a fourth-round pick. That's fine. I was a sixth-round pick. All that means is, based upon attributes and tangibles, there were a lot of players better than you. That's what that means. So, Dak, if you are not the most physically capable at your position, what you must make up for is where you lack. How can you do that at quarterback? You can make, for it, make up for it with toughness. You can make for, up for it with running ability. Well, problem, you broke your ankle. So you're not allowed to display your toughness nearly as much. Okay, how else can you make up for it? You can be extremely secure with the ball. But problem, Dak, you're not doing that either. So we know that you are not the most physically talented because you were a fourth-round pick. You're fine. Make up for your lack of physical talent with mental talent. But you're not doing that either. Let's talk about Tom Brady. Tom Brady's not the most physically talented quarterback. He was a six-round pick. But Tom Brady makes up for it with leadership, and he makes up for it with ball security. Twelve touchdowns, two interceptions this season. But Dak Prescott has thrown an interception in three of the four games he started. So as I look at it, Shady, I'm like, wait a second. Dak, I know exactly who you are. And who you are is not at all good enough for the Cowboys to win a Super Bowl or win meaningful playoff games unless the defense goes crazy. But, Shady, is Dak good enough to win a Super Bowl? Ah, Dak. I mean, we know who Dak is. I, I would say this. I, I would say yes just because I think his team together, right, they get after the quarterback <clears throat> on defense and they can run the ball well. I think Dak here and there will make a couple of good plays here and there. But, like, the way people view him, I don't view Dak like that. I think he's a, I think he's a above average quarterback. I truly do. I, I don't think he's, like, super talented. You say that as a compliment? No, I'm just saying, like, he, he, is, who he, he is who he is. He's, he is that fourth-round draft pick. That's what he is, right? What's that mean? Because a viewer okay. doesn't know what being a fourth-round draft right. means. Okay. Let me simplify for the people out there. I think Dak is good. 
That's it. I don't think he has a big arm. I don't think he's super accurate. I don't think he's going to win a lot of games, right, if, we, if he has to go out there and win it. That's just not his game. I think what we see in Dak is who he is. Giving up a 14-point lead to Green Bay, who's been struggling the whole year, losing five in a row, and they beat the Cowboys because of Dak. That's who Dak is. Like, I, I never thought that Dak had this super ceiling like most people or like Dave Hel- Hellman thought. I just think that Dak is a, he's a good player. He called you by your government. Yeah, he I mean, did. he's just a good player. It's okay. But nothing more, nothing less. Like, like real quick, if, if Heineke was over there in Dallas, right? A little more games? That'd be the same, team. the same player, same team. Probably a little more accurate. He wears number four, too. You probably could just swap him outside of skin I'm color. I'm being honest. Don't I'm you not, agree, Dave? I'm not going to take this bait. <clears throat> I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take this bait. Here's, here's what I don't like about these conversations. Okay. Is, Tell us. Like, you take, you take a moment, and then you just try to set it in stone. Like, like we just kind of try to do the same thing with Josh Allen. Like, Josh Allen, you reframe him as, like, a bad quarterback because he's going through a bad stretch of games. I say this to say, Dak Prescott is not playing well enough right now for the Cowboys to go anywhere. I do believe that. Like, I'm not illogical. He's been careless with the ball this year. He's thrown six touchdowns to four picks in the games that he's played. That's not who he's been traditionally over the course of his career. I say this all the time on this show. He threw 37 touchdowns to 10 picks last year. He's incredibly accurate. He completed 68% of his passes uh, last year. Uh, 68! Uh, 68! You're not supposed to be able to hit numbers like that. Look at my face. That's uh, Drew Brees' territory when you talk about accuracy. He has shown the potential to play that well. He's, he's not Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. I've never once in my life tried to put him in that company. And you never should. And I and you, ne- you bet not I ever, resent you the implication. You bet not ever even think about resent, saying a name. I resent, with, I resent it. I don't even think I about his name. It, with, sir. I resent it. Crazy. I'm not trying to say that. I'm trying to say Dak is one of the better quarterbacks in the league, and when he is on his game and playing well, he can be an upper echelon quarterback. On top of that, you talk about the leadership. That stuff is all there. I was in Green Bay on Sunday night watching him in a very dejected locker room go around rallying the troops, talking to DBs, talking to (laughs) defenders. That game is not on Dak Prescott. He did not play well. He sure as hell didn't allow 207 rushing yards and allow the Packers to look competent on offense for the first time all season. There's more pieces to all of that. I, like, Dak's not playing well right now. That doesn't mean that he can't play well later. Matt Ryan was 1-4 in the playoffs and had never done anything like what we're talking about with Dak until he went 4-0, won an MVP, got to the Super Bowl, should have won a Super Bowl at the age of 31. Dak's still two years away from being that. And that's, that's what I don't like is just trying to set this conversation in stone. Dak is very obviously struggling by the standard that I have for him. That doesn't mean he can't meet that standard. He is absolutely good enough to win a Super Bowl with. If Jimmy Garoppolo is good enough to be on the cusp of winning a Super Bowl, Dak Prescott can do it. I have thoughts, but, Joy, I want to hear yours first. Thank you for bringing up Jimmy. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think Dak is what he is. I happen to like Dak more than some, but a lot of what I like about Dak, I can admit, is intangible. I think he's an unbelievable player. I think he's a great representation for the biggest brand in all of sports. It's not the easiest thing to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. I think he does that with a lot of grace. He's been through a lot. He's a fourth-round draft pick. He's overachieved his entire career based off of where he was drafted. 
He came in replacing a guy like Tony Romo. Mm -hmm. He's rode through all kinds of waves. He deals with Jerry's different quotes every single week, particularly this year, mm -hmm. trying to replace him with Cooper Rush. So I can admit I have a little soft spot for Dak, but I think of Dak as what he is, which is an overachieving fourth-round draft pick who happens to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. I think he's capable of winning a Super Bowl. I think there's a lot of people that are capable of winning a Super Bowl. By a lot, like probably 15 quarterbacks in this league are capable of winning a Super Bowl. Obviously, the further down the list that you get, the rest of the roster and the coaching needs to go up. Matt Ryan is a good example of that. What yep. have the Falcons done since that year? What has Matt Ryan done since that year? Yep. So uh, there are a lot of factors in whether or not <clears throat> Dak will win a Super Bowl. But I think he's capable the way that I think a lot of quarterbacks are capable. So the question I have around Dak is, what do you actually expect from him, and why do you have these standards for Dak? The reason I have the standards in large parts because you got paid. It's like mm -hmm. once you make it to the league, as much as we want to talk about the draft, to some degree, Joy, at least in my experience, it's irrelevant. Like in Cleveland when I was playing for the Browns, don't even bring up your college team or you're going to get clowned. Don't bring up college. Don't bring up where you got drafted. Don't bring up none of that. Or everybody and their mama going to yeah. clown you. You in the league now, big dog. You made it. I don't care where you got drafted. First round, undrafted, you're here now. So that is my first thing. It's like, okay, Dak, you've been paid so much. I want to see you continue to ball at a high level. But really my question is this, and my thoughts are this, 2-5, is like, wait a second. The worst quarterbacks we've seen win Super Bowls over the last 10, 15 years, Stafford and Joe Flacco, those are the worst we've seen win. And even Joe Flacco, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions, en route to beating Tom Brady, Andrew Luck, and maybe Peyton Manning, I believe it was 2012. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong there at home. And then he goes on to beat the San Francisco 49ers. I haven't seen Dak Prescott show a capability to do that against legitimate opponents. Can he do it against bad people all day? Last year, four touchdowns, no picks, Commanders. Three touchdowns, no picks, Giants. Five touchdowns, no picks, Eagles. He was playing the Eagles backups. But I'm like, if the worst quarterbacks we've seen win Super Bowls are Matthew Stafford last year and Joe Flacco, and you got to go back to 0-2 if you want to talk about Brad Johnson, and then 2000 if you want to talk about Dilfer. I just don't know that Dak is actually good enough to get it done. I agree that we all know who Dak is. I just think Dak ain't good enough. But when you're talking about the money, then there are quite a few ridiculously overpaid quarterbacks that we don't give the same kind of hell yes, to Joy. the way that yes, we give Joy. Dak Prescott. I have a list very handy because I, I thought we might go here. So Aaron Rodgers makes $50 million a year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Earned, and we have given him plenty of slack for how he's played yeah. this year, yeah. earning that contract. Um, he's also a back-to-back -back MVP, so I feel like we can hold him to that standard and a yeah. Super Bowl champ, first ballot Hall of Famer. Russell Wilson, $49 million. Kyler Murray, $46 million. Deshaun Watson hasn't played a game in two years, $46 million. Patrick Mahomes, $45 million. Josh Allen, $43. Derek Carr, $40 million. Dak Prescott, $40 million. Matt Stafford, $40 million. You know who's making $35 million, who we do not put in this category or give all this? These? Kirk. Kirk, thank you. $35 million. We're not doing segments about whether Kirk Cousins That's can win a, a Super Bowl. That's a whole lot of That's names. That's a lot of guys that haven't, that haven't have won Super Bowls. Very that, similar accomplishments oh, to Dak, as that, a matter that, of that fact. Haven't, some of these haven't even won playoff games. And we put them above Dak Prescott and hold them hold Dak in some, as talent and then hold Dak to a higher standard than them. So my argument with Dak is the reason that we put Dak into these conversations and talk about the money, first of all, it doesn't matter anymore. Dak Prescott makes what a starting quarterback in this league makes. Clearly, I just listed the names. Mm -hmm. He makes what quarterbacks make. He's not making the most, 
He's not making the least. He makes what a starting quarterback makes, which, by the way, he earned because he wasn't making any money on that fourth round contract for years when he was putting up big numbers. I love you so, so part much, of sure. contracts are what you do and what you will do. A lot of Dak's contract is what he did, right? What you, what you did and what you will do. And a lot of his contract is what he did. So the reason that we talk about Dak Prescott like this is because he's got that jersey on and the star on his helmet. Because if we don't give any of these guys, for the most part, the same type of pressure or expectations, especially as a fourth-round draft pick, that we do Dak Prescott. I don't dispute that at all. But my thing, we're talking about Dak. I'm not talking about Kirk and all the other guys. I'm ta- we're talking about but Dak But why Prescott. are we talking about Dak? Because well, that's what this segment wanted to talk about. <laughs> we, y'all, 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 y'all can't just be changing the questions. The question is, can Dak Prescott win a championship? That's the question, right? Yeah. So we're talking about Dak. So, Kurt, we talked about him later. We're talking about him tomorrow. And, uh, Stafford, whenever he's healthy, we talk about him another time. Right now, we're talking about Dak. Let's talk about Dak. Okay. Right? Because when I watch Dak play, I, I mean, I don't see, like, a, a Super Bowl winner in him. I've talked about just the team. They, they have a Super Bowl-like built team. Mm-hmm. If you get to the quarterback, especially in this day and age where they throw the ball all the time, and you, you can run the ball late in the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl, and you got a solid defense, you can win. But when I look at Dak, I, I don't see it. He's not clutch. And all this team leadership that you talk about, I don't see it. Why isn't he clutch? Why isn't he clutch? Because yeah. he don't win. You know, because last, last time he went to the playoffs, he got bullied by Jimmy G and the Niners at home. Pass rush, but I don't listen. All these excuses we just talking about. What has Dak done? Dave, here's what What's I'm he curious. Done? Because you are a very rational human being. So here's what I'm curious. How do you atone for Dak Prescott being 4-15 and versus playoff teams in the last since 2019? Like, how do you reconcile saying, I think Dak Prescott can win a Super Bowl, but Dak Prescott is 4-15 and versus playoff teams? The vast majority of quarterbacks don't have good records against playoff teams. I, and I understand that, but 4-15 and is, vast majority. Is, not, is worse than not four good. 4-15? That's crazy. It's, it's not as crazy as you think it is. Like, Rodgers has a very good record record in games like that Brady does as well for the most part it's hard to beat playoff teams and on top of that I think like I said like it's a lot of hand pointing right here it's a lot of hand pointing right here that's what I'm saying him 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 we talk about you Dak for the millionth time like I defend Dak because I have to listen to people say things like he's not clutch he's not accurate like some of this stuff is baseless it is a valid criticism to say that he presses. It's a valid criticism to say that they haven't delivered in some big moments. It's a valid, th- there are valid things you can say about the Cowboys. I think the reason that that doesn't bother me is again, because I look at what teams like the 49ers are able to piece together. You look at a season like what the Ravens did. I mean, 2012 is a long time ago, but there's a recipe for success here that doesn't involve just being dominant from beginning to end. I think that's what helps me reconcile it. Like I said, there are very valid criticisms of Dak Prescott. To Joy's point, the main thing is just he plays for the most polarizing team in the league. And that, that's the bummer of it is that – he catches so much hell because so many people don't like the team. That but he, he also catches it, so it much It happened grace. to Romo, too. He also catches Romo. so much grace. The, meaning this, if Dak Prescott played for the Cardinals or played for the Vikings, we wouldn't be talking about him either. Yeah. So, like, it's a blessing game. Is it yeah. a blessing? Because yeah. you're probably that good. You play for Cowboys, you'll get all Kirk the Cousins love you're going to get. Kirk Cousins one playoff win as well, if I'm not mistaken. And we don't talk about Kirk. Yeah, we do. Him. Lovingly or glowingly. Oh, no. We but we talk, about, yeah, no, we, we talk don't. about Dak to yeah. some degree lovingly and glowingly. I, I, I do. And, we, I and, do and we think that, well, not we, but people think that Dak's a top 10 quarterback. So he's worth talking about. Where Kurt, nobody sees him in a top I just, 10. I want to hear the segment about how Kyler Murray has something to learn from Colt McCoy. That's what I want. Like, I want people. But, that's, but, but that was my point, is that this is not going to happen. It does happen because Dak plays for the Cowboys. And I would agree with you. There are plenty of perks mm-hmm. of being the, the yes, quarterback for of sure. the Dallas Cowboys, which, which Dak enjoys, and I'm sure he's not apologizing for 
and he's a good person. He he manages all of it very well. You could you could put worse people in this position and explode the entire organization, and he doesn't. But yes, with that is going to come us talking about you and being more That's critical right. of you, whether it's fair or not. Fair is for Ferris wheels and fried Oreos. Which, for the record. I'm not losing sleep about Dak Prescott catching criticism. Yeah, like, I mean, he's on a $160 million contract, right. and God knows how many endorsements he's got beyond that. Like, Dak Prescott's going to be fine without me defending him. But I'm going to do it anyway just because I wish people had the same energy for other quarterbacks who have done just as much yeah, or in a lot of cases less. So nobody listen, exactly. Even Kyler, exactly. guys, like, no, nobody, if, if Kyler plays bad, he just plays a bad, has a bad game. Nobody looks at him as like a super top quarterback. Dak you Prescott, see what I'm saying? Well, yeah, but they, people, think, people think Dak is like a, a really good quarterback. Yeah, but the point is – Kyler Murray was a number one overall pick. Number one overall so pick. Who's, oh, it's, it's, it's a lot of number ones that we don't not. look at. It was like super good. He's on a bigger contract than Dak. I'm just mm. saying. Well, speaking of number one picks and being ranked, we got to talk about the college football playoff rankings because this might be the most parody we've seen in college football go in the last decade. Sorry, Shay. <laughs> it is not in there. Did they make it? We got to give you our take Ugh. on not only the national rankings, but more when we return. Welcome back to Speak Family. I got my guy Dave here because he is obsessed with college football and we are about to tell you everything you need to know about what is going on in the state of college football. It is the most parody I believe we've seen. We just saw the college football playoff rankings come out yesterday. Georgia's at one, Ohio State's at two, Michigan at three. Then you got TCU at four, rounded out by Tennessee, LSU, and USC. First and foremost, what was your reaction to the rankings? I mean, it's tidy right now. Like, the committee's got to be praying it can keep up this way. Like, as long as <laughs> TCU keeps winning, you can avoid chaos, right? I mean, look, I love my LSU Tigers. I would pick Georgia to win that game. I know. I'm sorry, Joy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, you're going to have an Ohio State Michigan winner. Tennessee's hanging out in the background. It's really, it's a TCU loss, I think, that can throw this whole thing into turmoil. So I feel like if I'm a committee member, I'm just like, come on, Frogs, win this thing out for me and make it tidy for me. I got something for y'all and for you. I actually think Tennessee has the best chance of getting in. If I were to put $100,000 down on one team getting into the playoff picture, I think it would be Tennessee. Tennessee does not have to play in the SEC championship game. They have one loss. That loss is to the number one team in the nation. Ohio State still has to play Michigan. TCU still has to win three more games, including a Big 12 championship game. Georgia still has to play LSU. LSU still has to play Georgia. I think the safest pick is the team sitting in here at number five that literally doesn't have to do anything else. Just watch chaos. Who do you think is the safest team to make the playoff? I'm going to go with a Big Ten champion. Pick one. It doesn't matter. And I say that, I, mean, I don't disagree with your point. Tennessee's just got to win two winnable games and chill and hope some crazy stuff happens. But think about what's going on in the Big Ten. We got the game coming up. It's going to be on Fox, Ohio State, Michigan. One of those teams is going to win. And then what do they have to do? Go beat up on whoever wins the Big Ten West. I don't even know who it is. It's like Illinois, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Iowa. It's somebody that's going to have a bad night. <laughs> that's who they're going to get to play. So whoever, and then, and then once you win the Big Ten, you're unassailable. No matter what happens to any other team, whoever wins Ohio State, Michigan is going to be the one or the two seed, regardless. Okay, let's talk about this. What is the one team that people are riding off the dark horse, mm. if you will? I'm going to say USC. What would it take? 
USC would have to run out, uh, win out. You got to beat UCLA. You probably got to go beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. You'd have to win out. You have to hope TCU loses. But if those two things happen, TCU loses and USC wins out, I can all but guarantee they will get in. Caleb Williams, been a baller, and the world wants to see USC on that stage. Who's your dark horse? I, I, I agree with you, and check this out. You, there's a scenario where USC could play Utah in the Pac-12 title game. And avenge their loss. And avenge their one loss. So, yeah, like that, that is the dark horse. I think that's the right answer. But I'll throw some love to LSU. Like, if they beat Georgia, who everybody agrees is, like, the team to beat, the team that we all see being in the playoff, if they win that game, I don't know how you keep an SEC champion that has a 3-2 and two record against the top 25. They would have taken down Bama. They would have taken down Georgia. They would have taken down Ole Miss. One of their two losses was on a blocked extra point on the last play of regulation. I don't know how you keep them out. So they'd have to beat Georgia. I don't know if they can do that. <laughs> but if they do it, I think you got to put them in. Well, a team that's looking pretty good right now is Ohio State. And speaking of a former Ohio State quarterback, how about Justin Fields? Currently quarterbacking the Chicago Bears. Now, yes, they are a disappointing 3-7. and seven, But nothing has been disappointing about Justin Fields over the last four weeks of the season. He had a 67-yard scamper for a touchdown last week against the Detroit Lions, averaging 31 points per game over the last month. But he did still throw a pick last week. He's been balling. He's had more yards through five games than any quarterback in the history of the National Football League as far as rushing. So he's finally starting to prove that he is to some degree a franchise quarterback. But Shady, you're shaking your head. Is Justin Fields a franchise QB? A franchise quarterback? Are y'all serious? Listen, he's a great athlete. I I think he can play as far as making plays. He can run a little bit, but you can't win like that. When I watch him throw the ball, it's like he's not accurate. And his last seven games, he's won won in six. I, I don't see it. Like, we argue about this and we joke about it, but I'm being serious. Like, I, I don't see Justin Fields being like a, a franchise quarterback. You can't win with him. Has he not shown you enough flashes? Like, like what? I mean, he made a couple plays. He, he can run a little bit. I mean, he's strong. He's fast. Okay. I need you to play quarterback sometimes. Like, Lamar Jackson is probably the best athlete in the NFL. Him or Debo, right? But when we need Lamar to throw the ball, Lamar can throw the ball. <laughs> when he completions, he can make some completions. I mean, this guy's like, he's thrown for 200 yards once this whole season, right? He's ranked 30th in completion percentage. What else I need to tell you? That's like a franchise quarterback to you. But what about the historical my franchise? Rush. What about the <laughs> Y'all crazy? What? What about the historical rushing yards he's given you, man? Good job. Wow. He can run a little bit. He can run. He, he runs very, very well. Old world. I'm saying he can, he, can, he can run. He can run. I need my quarterback to be a franchise quarterback. I need you to run, but I need you to throw the ball. Because, I mean, third down's going to occur eventually. And when I watch him play, first of all, I go against him every week. Every time we have the, the, the picks with the teams we pick, I pick against the Bears every time. I, the first question I ask, I say, is Justin Fields playing? The producer says yes, I bet against him. Every time. And I've been winning for the last seven games. And if it is your franchise quarterback, you won't win no games. You'll be like Dak with the Cow. Nah. <laughs> that was a joke. It was a joke. Take it easy. <laughs> hey, like that. Look, take it easy. Uh, Dave, let me go to you, man. It's, it's Field the franchise quarterback. No, right now. But that's, again, to bring Dak back up, like, it it doesn't have to be a, we don't have to set this thing in stone right now. He's a second-year quarterback. I am so happy the Bears figured out how to utilize this guy's skill set. Because, like, uh, what, late September, early October, it looked rough, man. Mm -hmm. Like, very bleak. It looks good right now. And honestly, privately, secretly, it's probably good the Bears are losing games. This wasn't a team that anybody expected to contend. You want high draft priority. You want to be able to add some talent to this team. 
I don't think right now, but I'm super encouraged by what I've seen. Bears are going to have a ton of cap space next year. They've added draft picks in the Roquan Smith trade. They did Robert a, Quinn. They did Robert Quinn, thank you very much. They added so they've they've added capital to what they already have. They have money. Now comes the next step. Surround this guy with talent. What did the Dolphins do? Whoa. I'm dead serious. What's who was like? I, they're, okay, they're different quarterback prospects. You can build a different team. I'm not saying it's got to be Tua where they're throwing it up and down the field all day. But if you invest in a better offensive line, like Justin Fields' ability to run is a good thing. You can build a team around that. Get him some better receivers. Get him some better get offensive him, get linemen. Get him more linemen. Get, get, him, more, get him more fullbacks. Real quick, because I, I, I don't want to say I'm hating, but i got to be honest. You're, you're hating. The, the problem with this team is, I'm being serious, the problem with this team is, they can run the ball well. They have some pretty good running backs, right? Mm-hmm. Montgomery is a, is a baller, like right? Herbert's a baller, too. They all can run the ball. The problem is when you stop these guys and they can't run the ball and you make him throw, that's the issue. Because now – anybody to throw to. One second. Now, all the play action, taking these shots deep or, or, or the, or the, or the, um, um, the zone fakes mm-hmm. with, with the tight end uh, selling back. You know, everybody does that little play. You sell the run and the, and the tight end's wide open. Leak so play, baby. You can't, the leak. you can't do that when you can't run the ball. So when they can't run the ball – he looks like, you know, picks, six, uh, one and six in the seven games. That's, that's what he looks like when they can't run the ball. Droid, franchise, is he proving it? Okay. You know I've liked Justin Fields more than most for the longest. But? He's not a franchise quarterback yet. Ding, 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 ding. He's, he's not yet. He is He's doing what I always thought he was capable of doing. He looked like an electric player in moments in his first year. They've leaned into his legs more. He is an athletic player. Again, we say this all the time. I say this all the time. You're a better version of what you were in college. This is what Justin Fields was in college. He was a very talented player, a very athletic player. That's translating to the NFL. Now, what gives me pause about this Uh-oh. is the Chicago Bears. You have all these picks. You have all this space. Are you going to go sign this amazing linebacking core, or are you going to put some pieces around your young quarterback? Good point. We shall see, because the Bears love a defense. They love a defense now. That is the brand. Defense. For, for years, right? <laughs> Always. And that's great. I'm a defense girl. I love having a good defense. I don't think you win without a good defense. But you can't develop a young quarterback if you don't put an offensive line and high-quality weapons around him either, which should be your priority. I never understand when organizations, organizations do this. We're taking a, a quarterback in the top 15, but we're not going to give him an offensive line. It's we're not going to invest in a top wide receiver or a top tight end. We're going to make him do whatever he did in college and struggle for the first two years until we figure out we need to do that. It never make, it's not a secret. That's what you should do. Get him an offensive line. Matter of fact, you don't even have to do the offensive line first because that's kind of hard to do. Just give him some weapons. Just give him some weapons. I think his line is decent. Mm. He needs more weapons. And, and, and then we can see if he is a franchise quarterback. And the good thing is they don't need to find out if he's a franchise quarterback right now. They're not going to draft another guy, nor should they. They need to put weapons around him and build around him like they did with Tua. Invest in him. Make him the guy. Put pieces around him that compliment him. Bring in a coach that compliments him, that, that elevates what he does and builds him up. That's how you build a winning organization. That's how young quarterbacks get better. But for the second, for, for his draft, who do you feel like is the guy? Like, who is a franchise That's why I right? said he's franchise, because he's outplayed Trevor Lawrence. He's outperforming Mac Jones, Trey Lance. It, it can't be a bad uh, draft, a bad quarterback draft. Because that happens all the time. It does. You, you, know what, you know why it's not fair? This is why it's not fair. Everybody says, oh, man, get him some weapons. But I'm thinking as a wide receiver, if I'm Mooney, right, or if I'm Claypool, I'm like, well, well what about us? Why can't they say, get us a quarterback? No, but, the, but the, you don't think either of them are number one receivers. But what yeah. I, and Claypool but, just but got there, too. It's not about this. It's about, like, y'all telling us, y'all telling us every time with legal TV, give Justin Fields some weapons. And we're weapons. And it's like, well, wait, we can catch. We can run routes. He can't throw. 
Get us a quarterback. I don't think that either of those guys I will are be bad. I don't think that either of them are bad. But they're not number one receivers on any and, 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 and I don't think he's a number one quarterback. My thing is, so if I'm a wide receiver and I'm supposed to be these weapons. So why would you want to go play with him? What top wide receiver will go play with Justin Fields? You have to pay him like every dollar you have in the whole franchise. If, okay, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup. Let's name a couple guys. They, want, they don't want to go play with Justin Fields. I don't need him to. Well, what, I, what I'm saying is, what, what I'm saying is, for you to be a skilled position, let's say a top guy in college. Now he'll love to be drafted because he's going to the mm-hmm. NFL, but he's not all hot to go play with Justin Fields. He can't throw. He can't throw. I want to go play with a quarterback that can throw the ball. So the same way that y'all are saying that, oh, give him some help. The wide receivers, are, we need help. We need a guy that can throw me the ball. That's the truth of it. I, 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 I like this point, though. The reason I like this point, I think he does still have Dustin Fields, what, a 58% completion percentage? It's not great. Like, there's a point where even Percent. as great as Lamar Jackson is, and Lamar Jackson led the league in passing touchdowns, I do believe there's a lot more nuance to just that number. But even Hollywood Brown came to a point where he's like, hey, I got to go get numbers. It's my contract year. And Hollywood Brown and Lamar Jackson was like this. Yeah. Even Hollywood Brown was like, hey, I got to go get out. Who are the big-time free agent receivers that the Ravens have signed? Des Bryant. On his last leg? Yeah. Deshaun Jackson on his last leg? I mean, I do think Shady's making a point that I haven't heard very many people make. Who are the Ravens recruiting in free agency by choice? By force, Rashad Bateman. By force, Hollywood Brown. By force, uh, Mark Andrews. By force, Devin DuVernay. But, like, you also need some by choicers to win. You could also draft. Yeah. What did the the Bengals do? They didn't sign free agents. Smart Chase was drafted there. So go get the best wide receiver. Take all them picks and go get the best wide receiver. But are we making the assumption, though, that they was happy as hell to get with Joe, though? The other thing is we're assuming that that's my thing. Aren't we making the assumption that Justin Fields is going to elevate them? I like Justin Fields personally. I'm not even talking about the player. No, I'm making the assumption that the Chicago Bears decided to draft Justin Fields knowing what he was in college, which is exactly what he's doing right now, being an athletic player. Who's run, who's run first. So if you want to find out what he is and if he's capable of throwing the ball better in the NFL, then you have to invest in that. And guess what? If you move off of Justin Fields after next year, you got a number one receiver there. Great for whoever you bring in. Yeah. But this idea that you're just going to pick and choose how you're going to develop a quarterback, there's, you ha- everyone does this. It's why Patrick Mahomes was successful. Josh Allen struggled for a while. What did the Bills go do? Invested in things to put around him, like a receiver. Stephon Diggs, couple receivers. Yeah, but, some things. But you could on on different trades, depending on who it is. You could you can you could like fight that, right? You want to get traded, want to trade I'm not so, you can fight it. So what I'm saying is, when, when, I'm when, saying draft one. Okay. I'm saying Stephon Diggs, he was happy to go to Buffalo. Man, sign that deal up. Hey, the we other sign that deal. The other side of that, you can you you don't think offensive linemen want to go play for a road grading run game and a quarterback yeah. that I mean, you I don't have to worry about? Hold on. See, I hate when people say that because they run the ball. They have more 200 yard games than any other team in the NFL right now. They run. They can't throw the ball. The, the, the quarterback can't throw. So what else they can they do? They run the ball. You keep talking about these linemen. When I watch these games, they putting holes together. Or oh, I'm watching a different game than you guys watch. They run this ball, too. If I look at it, I think it was like four times. They had like 200 yards in a game. That's hard to do. It's hard to do. In one season, I did it twice in 12 years. Dave did it four <laughs> times in one year. They can run the ball. They got linemen. They just can't have a quarterback to throw the ball. I'm open. <laughs> we got to revisit this more. But coming up, Tom Brady, he was called out, and you'll guess who, by Bruce Arians Tommy. for his play. Now we got to tell you if that's a problem or not. You calling out the GOAT, Bruce Arians? You're not even a coach no more. That's, you, that's what you thought. <laughs> 
right, we got to move to football because Tom Brady's getting called out again by Bruce Arians, and he's not even the Bucks' coach anymore. He's currently the senior football consultant. Tampa's offense has been up and down this season, and Arians defended offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, saying, quote, nobody is going to say that Brady was playing bad. But he was playing bad, close quote. You got to love Bruce Arians' honesty. Shady, you played for Bruce Arians. You won a Super Bowl with Bruce Arians. Do you have a problem with Bruce Arians calling out Tom Brady? No, I don't. That's who Bruce Arians is. He's the most honest coach you ever play for. When I got there, first of all, he said, Shady, we got Rojo starting. You'll be the number two. I say, bet. I'm thinking I'm going to beat him out. You know, I seen a little bit of him, but he got better that year. So then he calls me in the office again. He said, hey, we got to sign Leonard Fournette. You're going to be number three. I'm like, oh, God. But he was so honest, you know? And I think Tom Brady, will, he, he respects that about B.A., right? He, he shoots you straight. You're playing good, you're playing good, you're playing bad, you're playing bad, and he'll let you know that. So one thing about Bruce Arians, the, the players, they love his honesty as a coach. Don't you, do you think it's at all weird? And I'm going to defer to you, okay. not coming at you, because you were in that building. You like to come at me, but go ahead. I do. Do you think it's at all weird? Like, he, he was your head coach. Okay. He's not the head coach. He's not even a coach. Right. He's just on staff. Like, is he in the meetings? Like, what's he doing? Now, now, like, if, 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 if he, if, if an analyst, that's his title, right? Yeah. If an analyst said that in the news about you, you would just be cool with it. Nah, because who's going to hold Tom Brady accountable other than himself? Now, Tom, I'll tell you what, he holds himself to a different accountability than anybody else. But B.A., that's who he is. They probably asked him a question, he said it. If you think that B.A.'s not in the, the meeting rooms, you're tripping. He in the meeting rooms. He, he in there watching tape with Tom. He in there watching tape with, with Le- Coach Leftwich, the office coordinator. He in there. He's still in the mix now. Uh, he might not have had a title and all that, but he definitely in there watching tape. He probably got a nice little corona. <laughs> so, this is him. Hey, Tommy, what the hell are you thinking right here? But uh, it was good to see because when, when I was there, when we won the championship, there would be plays where he would say, Tommy, what's, what are you doing here? What are you thinking here? Where to see that, it's like, wow. He holds this guy accountable the same way he holds Smiley Yell. So I guess it's weird because he doesn't have the title as the head coach or the offensive, you know, coordinator, but he's definitely involved. I don't have a problem with it. And I don't think that Tom has a problem with it either. Yeah, Tom I'm don't care about speak that. for Tom, but who's going to hold Tom Brady accountable? Right. Who's going to tell Tom about himself? And sometimes you need somebody to say you're not playing well and just be honest about it. And we have eyeballs. We watched the games. He wasn't really playing that well. Very concerning. (laughs) Like, they're back on the track now. It looks like it. They're trending in the right direction at the very least. They fixed some of the things that we were concerned about. But a big part of why they were struggling was Tom Brady was struggling. (coughs) And we can say that. Also, he gets all the praise. He's got to get the criticism as well. He's above reproach when we're talking about legacy stuff, of course. He's in a different category. But he is still playing and participating in this year's NFL contest. (laughs) So we still have to talk about what he's doing. And Bruce is right. And if anyone's going to say it, it's Bruce Arians. (laughs) Bruce Arians won a championship with Tom. And and Bruce Arians has a resume outside of Tom Brady as well. He he has enough clout to be able to say this, and it, it means something. And he's not lying. Right. That part. Yeah. I have no issue really with right what that. Bruce Arians said. But, Dave, I'm with you. I got issue with the fact that Bruce Arians said it. Like, Bruce, you not the coach no more. Yeah. You ain't my daddy no more. You don't <laughs> live here no more. So stop talking to me <laughs> like give you, you Give are. me a key. You feel me? Like, give me a key. I got no issue with what Bruce Arians said at all. But I do have issue with the fact that he said it. Coming up, Eagles. They're not undefeated anymore. But are they still clearly the best team oh, in the NFC? The shine might be off, two five. The shine might be you off. You can even ask Davis if questions. If your squint on, hurts, man. looks like Justin Fields. Come on, man. If your squint. Justin Fields, whoa. 
Well, you've heard it by now. The Eagles are not undefeated anymore. They lost to the Commanders Monday night with the whole world watching. Philly, four turnovers. But star receiver A.J. Brown said, quote, now that all the 17-0 bleep is over, now we're going to wake up. How are you going to respond? Question mark. Shady, got to be honest. We was watching the game together, bro. We was at the crib watching the Got my green on. Got my green I'm ready for this question. Go ahead. It's not the same Sorry. green oh, at all. Okay. That's night green. No, no, night green, night Sunday. Oh. <laughs> um... Are the Eagles still clearly the best team in the NFC? Is this a real question? It is. Yes. I mean, like, look at the NFC teams, right? Minnesota, they're 8-1. Eagles are 8-1. And we know how that went. We, we <laughs> slapped them up. And then who else? You got Seattle, 6-4. I mean, they barely they, they lost to the, to the Bucs, right? Bucks just getting back right. The Giants, 7-2. We'll see how that works out. We'll probably beat them. Oh, Dallas is 6-3. Damn, y'all lost three games? Yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know that. These losing games. Anyway. The Eagles clearly are the favorite what NFC, about, what about or the, the NFC in general. What about the Commanders? They're not on the list. Oh, oh they're not. On, they're not on the list. They beat the Eagles. They're though. not on the list, brother. They beat the Eagles, it's a divisional though. game. We lost. Think about when you were in your playing days, yes, sir. We never thought that we'd just go undefeated in, in, in the, in the conferences and the division games. We never thought that. So they, they beat us. We split one on one, right? We split. Cool. Anybody else on the list? Is anybody else on the list? Who else is it? The, the Niners. They look great on, on, on paper. Do you think so you that, watch them play? Do you think <laughs> the record tells the whole story, though, with the yes. Eagles and the other teams? The record, the confidence, the players. Look at our team we have. From, 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 from the top to bottom, we're loaded. Good coaching, good leadership, good talent. What else do you need? What else do you need? I should be a lawyer. I can, I can sell anything to <laughs> you. What do you need? Uh, Jordan, where you stand on this? Do yes. the Eagles, are they still the best team? Yeah, they're, they're still the best I team. I heard what she said. Who, who is better than them is the question. It's not the Vikings because they uh... – <laughs> that, that one, yeah. <laughs> right. Look, Jordan, look. Water. <laughs> Bam. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> that night, Kurt wanted to throw yeah. that hand. No drawing on. We turned the game off. We turned the game off. We did. All right? we, we, did turn, yeah, we, we did turn together, the game off. We did turn the game off. We can't watch any more of this. Click. We're just going to the other game. Remember, right. it was the, the uh, uh, Buffalo-Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, we did do that. We didn't up. give the Vikings four full quarters. <laughs> no, we, we did had not. enough of this. We've seen enough. Throw the towel. So it's not the Vikings, all right? We're not going to – if we're talking about wins, losses, whatever, it's not the Vikings. Who else is there? The Giants. I think the Giants are a team you could take seriously. Got to. Put some respect I respect on them. that. Yeah, you're right. I respect right. the Vikings too, but not if you're the Eagles. That part. Okay. The Giants still haven't played, so so we'll give them the grace. That then maybe they could, you know, do some. Haven't played Cowboys with Dak. Okay. I, th- I happen to think they'll play better with Dak, but Dak's gonna have to be efficient in that game. Yeah. The Bucks are just getting right, and the Seahawks have not looked the same over the past couple weeks. Right. I just don't. I think it's not close. Is really my opinion. I don't and think I, it's and I agree with her in in the NFC. The hard part for me is the word clearly. Like I, I would I would submit and say yeah, the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. The hard part for me is when we talk about the word clearly. The reason I can't say they're clearly better, I just think there are too many teams that can exploit their weaknesses. Styles make fights. I look at the Giants. I think the Giants have a Saquon Barkley, and they also have a head coach who's capable of exploiting the Eagles' weakness. Eagles' biggest weakness right now: interior defensive line. When I think about the NFC, I'm like the 49ers. Obviously, they have losses. They got four of them. Three Jimmy G has to take credit for. But the 49ers have a roster that can exploit the Eagles' weaknesses. <laughs> So when I think about the word clearly, Joy, when I think about the word clearly, Dave, that's when I have pause. I'm like, yeah, the Eagles are the best team in the NFC, but for me to say that it's just clear and people aren't close, I just can't give them that much grace. Where do you stand? Ah, 
you know, I, I like to give my guy shady grief, but I, 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 I can't disagree. I can't disagree. And again, I think there's two different conversations here. It's what has happened so far and what might happen, right? I mean, like the Bengals are such a perfect example because like around this time last year, nobody gave a damn what the Bengals were doing. Mm-hmm. So we're not writing the story of the season right now. But based on what you've seen on, on TV or if you're lucky enough to go to the games, like if, what have you seen that can lead you to an answer other than the Eagles? We love the 49ers' potential. We haven't seen the Cowboys play the Eagles with Dak. We've seen the Cowboys struggle with Dak twice now, as a matter of fact, against Green Dak. Bay. And, I'm going to keep them fight through that. Against Green <laughs> Bay and Tampa. The Eagles have beaten the Vikings badly. Tampa, Tampa again, Tampa and San Francisco. Let me put you in the corner. Let me put you in the corner. Make sure you fight back. If if I am a Giants fan, and there are several of them listening to us on the IP, if I'm a Giants fan, I'm looking like, wait a second. How are y'all going to say there's a huge difference between the Eagles and the Giants? We got some wins, too. We beat the Baltimore Ravens. We got some wins, too. We beat the Titans. We got two losses. Y'all got one loss. The difference between us and, and the Eagles, if I'm a Giants fan, is not clear. One loss, that's the difference. We got beat by a backup quarterback. Y'all got beat by a backup quarterback. Okay. So you can't sit here and tell me that the difference between us and the Eagles is just some way huge you're arguing difference. This, you're arguing the size in between the best and second best. Correct. I don't right, think it's what, clear. To Dave's point, what happens moving forward is still to be told. Mm-hmm. But so far, the Eagles are at the top. Mm-hmm. Correct. I'm going to give you that. So far, they're at the top. So we we are number one. Yeah, yeah. Number one. I just don't think that there's this huge gap that we're speaking of. Okay. I could give you the Giants because they hadn't played the Eagles And they're a good coach, too. And they're a good coach, and they look good. So I could give you the Giants. I'll give you that, Grace. Who else? That's the only one. Because they're the only ones that can even make an argument that they're close. So the reason I'm saying the Giants is because you all want to speak in the metric of record, which I totally understand. I would rather speak in the metric. She's not going on record. I'm not talking about record. record. I would rather speak in the metric of talent on the football field. Then I would say the record isn't an accident, first of all. The reason they have that record is because they are a good football team. They didn't, like, trip and fall into eight wins like that. None of this was an accident. Correct. I just think there are two different metrics you can look at. I think you can look at the metric of record, or I think you can look at a metric of the ability on the football field. Dave, you're giving me a look. Isn't the record a product of the ability on the football field? Mm. Yes, but it doesn't tell the whole story. The reason I say that is the Dolphins. The Dolphins have three losses, but I don't think the Dolphins are a three-loss football team. We're burying a lead here. Okay, we're still burying. Okay, I'm really proud of the Giants. It's awesome what they're doing. You want to compare talent? Between the Eagles and the Giants? But you, what do I'm you confused. like about the Giants? But here's where I'm confused. What do you like about the Giants and, other than that they okay, find here, ways to pull wins here, out of their ass all think, the time? Here's where I think is the difference. If y'all want to talk about talent, then y'all got to give me the Niners. If you want to talk about record, then you got to give me the don't, Giants. Don't, so but you got to pick one. You don't have to give you Can we put it together, though? I want to put it together. I just want to put it together, though. I don't want to pick either. Put it together, though. Absolutely not in silos. Your record is a result of your of what you put on the football field, both talents and results and game plan and and, and everything else. We got you today, bro. In a silo. Oh, this is the record, but this team is better with half the amount of wins because they have more talent. It's talents and results. Like it's the same thing. What I'm saying is. I do not believe the Eagles are the most talented team in the NFC. You don't believe that? No, I believe the Niners are the most talented team. Well, then in the, the NFC. Niners are the most disappointing team in the NFC. That is fair. Well, I can buy fair. that, though, because they, they, they loaded. Okay, but go, go ahead. I would say the Niners are the but, most but, talented It's close, though, right? It's close. It's close. Okay. It's close. It's not clear either way. So that diminishes the word clearly. The Eagles are not clearly by record better than the Giants. So if you want to look at it by no, talent. No, no, they are clearly better. 
No, not they were one win better. Yeah, that's but, better. That's better. But I'm saying that the gap between the two are not clear. You don't buy. But, but, you but, don't buy. How, the how about this? Okay, a real fine. So, to the Eagles. you, you got to take I the Niners out of this because the Niners don't have anywhere near the amount of wins to have this yeah. conversation. So, so you have to take the. We're talking about up until now. We're not talking about what's going to happen in the future. We're talking about right now, the best team, correct? This is it's yeah, a question. Just, who will be the best team? No, or I, the question I, who I, is the best team? Who is the best okay, team? Okay, then take the Niners out of it because their record can't, they can't yeah. swing with the big boys right now. They're five between, and four. It's between, I don't yeah, knew that. They're five and yeah, four. Yeah, that's not, we're not having well, that I'm saying collectively. So if you're saying record, talent, play, all that, like if you put all that together, we're the best team. And if you put I, all that together, which you have to do, because that's, that's how you I'll get try. results. I'm just saying it's you're not saying the Giants either. are that close to, to the Eagles? No, I'm saying if y'all want to dance in the lane of record. I'm trying to dance in the no, lane of record. I'm not, there is no lane. I'm trying to get boogie in the record. I'm trying to get boogie in the record. It's like an yeah. Atlanta highway. <laughs> right. They're all like this. <laughs> we got to go. Yeah, we, gotta we, got, go. we got you today, though. <laughs> I'll, I'll spend a check, man. I'm not going to lie, y'all. It's nervous. We got to take care of the family business, and that is checking in on the speak standing. I don't know where it is. It's up there somewhere. Oh, thank God I still got you. Now look, now look. Now I told y'all I was gonna come get him. I told y'all this. In week what? Four? Three? Look at it. It's over for you. You're still behind. Joy Dave, y'all think y'all can still make up the ground. They did. They did. Probably not. I mean, I'm gonna do my best. Wait, what's the winner get? Dinner? We decide? No, we did not decide, actually. And we wait and see if I'm in last place. I don't want to win. I don't want to do that. J.D., you had no chance last week, big dog. I think it's over for you now. Yo, what up, my boy? What up, my boy? What up, my boy? I don't think you can dap yourself up. I'm on the way. Anyway, that's it for us. Race up is next. We'll see y'all next time.